Hey, hey, happy day, sweet sister. Today I'm going to be talking about the conversation around being a Christian and drinking, which I think is a really big deal because I think we have a, I think we have opposing opinions about that in the the church and communities. And I don't know how you're raised and if that even matters to you. I recently did an interview on a podcast, Finding Faith Above, where she was from the Mormon church, and it was really just a rule that they had not to drink as part of one of their traditions, and she realized that a lot of women, once they decided to either walk away from the church or really shifted their beliefs that it kind of became a little like overdone, right? Like it was such a rule for so long that when they finally realized like, oh, we don't have to not do this, they kind of went on the wild side. So that's a really big deal too of of the swing of it. So I just want to have that conversation today. And I'm curious to see like what you've learned in your church or around your community, your family. So before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that reviews are really a big deal around here and if i've helped you in any way that's the number one way you can thank me and it really does matter because that is what continues to grow the show and make more impact so if you would just be willing to just commit this week those of you have been listening or have been dabbling if there's any episode that you're just like wow that was really insightful or that added value or i really appreciate that michelle has created this show would you just please scroll down to the bottom of your your page that's on your phone when you're listening to podcasts and you'll see it there you click five stars and then click write a review and then submit that's going to help so much and i appreciate you so much taking the time to do that Hey sister, do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure because you keep telling yourself that today will be different. You wake up each morning hoping to do better, but when the afternoon rolls around, all your promises to yourself are shot. And society screams, you deserve to have that drink, eat that piece of cake, and scroll mindlessly through social media. Hi. I'm Michelle Porterfield, certified mindset and breakthrough coach, mom of three, former daily wine drinker, excuse maker, and promise breaker. Coffee's my jam, dry shampoo is my BFF, and I am so glad you're here. I have created this community to help you walk in faith towards freedom from alcohol and other strongholds like it. Together, we will work to show you your value, your strength, and your ability to overcome. So pop in your earbuds and go for a walk or buckle up for your commute. Girl, get ready for straight talk and the truth because it's time to elevate your mindset, develop healthy routines, and begin to thrive alcohol-free. Okay, so I'm just going to get to the point. I was looking in the Bible and found there's a lot of times that alcohol, specifically wine, is talked about, right? And so I'm just going to go ahead and say, spoiler alert, the question is, can Christians drink alcohol? I believe the answer is yes. And I think that some of you may be surprised by that. And here's why, because it was created. There's even a story about where Jesus created wine. It's There was this beautiful wedding. 
and they ran out of wine. And so they went to Jesus and was like, hey, we're, we're totally out of wine and the guests are still here. And he created it out of nothing. And what I thought was cool about that story was it was like the super awesome fancy stuff. Like he saved the best for last kind of thing. Now, in my opinion, I do believe that wine was very different back then. Um, Obviously, Jesus's wine was the cleanest, purest wine there is, right? He just made it. But I believe it was different in how how it was done back then. Obviously, I don't, there was no such thing as preservatives and toxins. I mean, it was straight from the fermentation. So I know the process was different, but really what I want to talk about today is just the conversation around why could it be okay for Christians to drink and the times when it's not. And I think you know that if you're here and you're listening, you know where you are, but I am going to challenge you at the end of the conversation. So here's some points I would consider is first of all, if you are or know someone who is under 21, it's a law not to drink. And the Bible clearly tells us to obey the law and respect those in authority. So for me, that's kind of a no-brainer. Did I drink before 21? Absolutely I did. That was the part of the rebellion, right? And it was like once I got to 21, it wasn't really even a big deal because I had already been experimenting. So you know, I was making choices in that season of life. And not to mention, there's so much research around our brains when we're developing and how I've talked about this before on a podcast about like college and how it can really cause some serious developmental issues and brain issues if someone is a heavy drinker for a long term while the development's happening. And we know that we're really not fully developed till after 25, right? So even at 21, it's still not wise, okay? The next point is that if you are over 21, then absolutely, the law says you can. It is a legal substance. But are you getting drunk? That's my thing. So I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says do not drink. There's actually times where it says to. I think there's a verse in there too, and you can look it up. Something about it tells it to drink because of a, a stomach ache or something. Like there's a conversation around that, that the stomach has been unsettled. To And then there's one that says to drink wine and be merry, right? So I don't think it's just specifically, hey, don't drink. But what I've found is that if you follow me and you're here, or if I'm speaking to someone that's like me, you know, It might have started that way where I just had a drink here and there and then it just it just doesn't stay that way like I've said many many times before I have friends yes my friends today and other clients and family members that literally have a glass of wine on occasion because it is something they enjoy with a meal or it is something they enjoy because they get a date night with their husband and honestly that is totally okay because they don't abuse it and go too far. I actually spoke with my friend yesterday and asked her about this conversation. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, do you agree with me? And she's like, absolutely. She agreed with all the points. And she said, you know, for her even, after two glasses, she starts to feel a little loopy and giddy. And that's when you realize, whoa, now, you know, if you're getting kind of out of 
not out of control yet, right? But you're just kind of off of your senses and you're and you're not really in that sense of control where you still feel like maybe you shouldn't be driving or something. Like even to her, there's there's something that she taps into and says, okay, enough's enough. I'm feeling a little silly or loopy, right? So I think that's the main thing is just really looking at like, how are, what are your drinking patterns? Are you getting drunk? Like when I look back on my years, like, especially my younger years, like that's what I did. I drank to get drunk in my young partying days. And when I was out and about in my early twenties, then it shifted though, right? Y'all know my story. It's not like, Hey, I've been a drinker since high school. And then I finally quit. Like I stopped, I was able to stop for a long time. And there was a season of my life through um, getting married and having babies and things like that where I didn't drink at all and it was not a big deal. And then it slowly comes back in, okay? And then I slowly begin to overdrink because whether it's because I have a resistance to it and I need more or I just want to feel that feeling. You know, I remember desiring to feel that high, desiring to feel intoxicated. I knew that's what I wanted because I wanted to check out, whether it's checking out of my life or whatever was going on, right? That was the temptation. And on that, there's a verse in the Bible that says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. And the debauchery, I Googled it, it's basically all different sexual pleasures, right? It's to the place where you're just really making unhealthy decisions based on how you should be respecting your body, okay? The next one is, for me, this is the really, for me, this is it, right? Because we're going to have times in our lives, and y'all know, let me say, y'all know the queen of not judging over here, because I've been there, done that, a lot of the things. There's going to be an episode soon. We're going to be going a little deeper on some other areas when it comes to, like, the sexual stuff. But listen, we make mistakes. We overdrink. That's life. We're sinners, right? We just do. We make these mistakes and we got to come back. We got to turn towards him, okay? But here's where it's a big deal is when it becomes an idol. And that's what it did for me. When y'all hear me say stronghold or idol, those are the words that I use. Because an idol is a person or a thing that is greatly admired, loved, or revered. I did all that with wine. Like, I greatly admired it. You know what admiration is? You know, you think about it. You focus on it. You are so excited when your client brings you this, like, $50 bottle of wine for Christmas. And you're like, oh, this is all mine. I'm not sharing this one. You know, I loved it. I thought about it on the weekends. And then the weekdays, it was the center of everything I did when I was at home around food, around celebration, around stress, I admired it. It was an idol. And it's super clear in the Bible that you shall have no other gods before me, right? So if your thoughts and your actions around drinking, if they're coming before your relationship with God, then it's absolutely not okay. So do I believe that you can be a believer You can be a Christian and you can have a relationship with God and still have wine. I absolutely do. But I also know that there's a fine line. And let me tell you one more thing before I challenge you this week. The other thing is, I want you, those of you who may have just come across this podcast, or maybe you you here listening, you know someone like this, that 
can have an occasional glass, right? They can have that dinner out or they can have that wine club and have one or two and then stop. And it's not ever an issue. It's not an idol and they don't get drunk. But let's just say that they are out in the public and someone who's struggling with drinking sees them. Technically, as a believer, that's not okay. Why? Because we are to live our lives to influence others and point them to God. And even though there might be something that we are okay with, someone could be watching us. We could be leading and not even know we're leading, and that could derail that person and go, oh, well, if Beth can drink because, man, she is like the Sunday school teacher at church. She has like super mom skills. I, lo- I know how she loves her children. She leads a Bible study. Like she is a awesome Christian lady and she's having a glass of wine down at the steakhouse, right? That could derail you, right? Now I, I know that we also can't go around and you know, tiptoe around life. Oh, somebody's watching everything I do. But I just want you to consider that. And I know that if you have, if you have seen someone like that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you've just come across my podcast, because you're curious, or you might even be a friend of mine that's like, hey, I'll go listen to your podcast. And this is you just understand that that is all said in love. And just something that I've learned through the years that really does matter. Okay. So to To close up, I just want to challenge you this week, right? I just want you to really think about what you think about. Really think about what you focus on. Really think about what you're spending your energy on. What are you admiring? Who are you admiring? What are you loving? And what are you revering? And I really want you to like, not just like, oh yeah, that's probably a, that's probably a thing. I spent a lot of time and then move on. Like I would really challenge you to write this down. You know, I'm big on journaling and I'm big on note taking and I'm big on it, making it yours, not fancy, not being like, well, I don't journal because I don't have colored pencils. Don't try me sister. Like just write it down, get a stinking notebook. And I want you to write down and I want you to just track this week or put it on your phone. If your phone's easier, Open up a secret notes section on your phone that's just for your eyes only or whatever. I know there's things like that. And if you can't find it, I bet your teenager can show you how. Because I know there's secret stuff on there. Um, I don't don't have it because I don't really care. Because obviously I talk about this and my family knows my deal. So, but if you're wanting to keep it a little bit more discreet right now, and I get it. Because I know you, you've been reaching out to me and talking to me. And you're like, hey, I want to talk to you, but I want to make sure my kids aren't around Or, hey, I want to talk to you. You know, I'm really scared about, you know, saying this out loud. Like, I realize that's you. And I realize that, trust me, I was there. And that you are safe here. And there's ways that we can really help you through this. And no one has to know. So I I want to remind you of that. Like, I'm here to help support you. And you don't have to tell another soul if this is a struggle. And this is a safe environment where you and I can work together. Okay? That was just a side note. So I want you to track that this week. And I want you to track, like, how often am I thinking about drinking? Like, seriously, go through your day. You know, you set your vision for the day. And I want you to think about it. Do you think about it when you wake up? What about lunchtime? Do you look forward to the end of your work day to know you get to go home and drink? 
What about scheduling around your kids? Like, have they have activities right now? And you're like, okay, so as long as I get them there and then my husband can pick them up, I can start drinking at five or I'll be able to get them home or maybe I can get a mom to carpool. Oh yeah, we got this thing coming up this weekend. We're gonna have a cookout. So I wanna make sure I go to the wine store and stock up. You know, like I really want you to get real with yourself and ask yourself like how much time are you spending thinking about it? Because that is not only is that focus, that is energy. That is energy you are wasting thinking about it. And it's exhausting. And you know it's exhausting. Girl, I have been there. I know how that felt. And my brain is so much more lighter and freer. And even now, like I get derailed by overthinking, right? I, I, I'm a human. I have a brain. And I realized like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just spent yesterday thinking about this problem when I could have just put it down on paper and created an action plan or created a new thought because I don't really even want to think that. Like That's the thing is like we get to choose how we want to handle these thoughts that are coming into our mind. So I want to encourage you. So I want you this week to track it. And if you're bold, message me. Let me know. Send me an email at coachmichelleporterfield at gmail. I want to hear you. I want to see your stats. I want to know what's going on. And if you have any questions and you want to just jump right in and go ahead and build your strategy, remember I'm offering those one-hour breakthrough sessions. Well, we'll dive right in and get a game plan for you. We'll identify what's going on what your biggest issue and pain is, what your patterns are, really create some goals and get you a clear plan. And you could just roll right into three months with me because I guarantee you that if you and I spend time together for three months, I've got your hand and I will help guide you and we can remove the alcohol. We can begin to renew your mind and create like super systems and routines and like then start rebuilding your life and rebuilding your relationships and rebuilding like who are you and really start getting this foundational work so you can really launch into the woman God's called you to be. Just imagine. I want you to just imagine September, October, November. By the end of the year, just think about it. The freedom you will have and the clearness in your mind and where you can, can you imagine getting to Christmas time? And being able to focus on your family and looking them in the eyes and feeling rested and full of energy and at total peace because you're no longer obsessing over alcohol or hungover or like buzzing through the day and trying to get through your day to get to the night so you can drink. Or especially if you're hiding it, like where are you going to hide it? How are you going to tuck it away? Like take this opportunity to become set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.